Good morning and welcome to On The Volley with me, Nick Slade and Gary Montague. Of course, what a weekend that was once again. Goals galore, 34 goals over three weekend days. My goodness me, so much to get our teeth stuck into over the next 30 minutes. We're going to be bringing you everything you needed to know, need to know about what happened, the goals that went in, the major talking points. Yes, we're only three days away from Christmas. This is our last show before the Christmas, uh, the, before Christmas Day. And we will be bringing you all the Christmas cheer you need. Fans, we wish you were here, but we're here for you. Good morning, Gary. How you doing? Good morning, mate. How's it going? Yeah, a few gremlins in the system this morning, but we're <laughs> up and running now. <laughs> Plenty of gremlins, mate. Both ends. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I know that um, they like a little um, siesta over there, but I think the um... a pre-lunch siesta. Well, not 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 on my part, but uh, been up early this morning getting uh, getting the sun, getting the rays on the on the back, but uh, unfortunately. Um, a few technical issues. But, uh, we're <laughs> technical all good issues. I think, uh, yes, exactly. The technical issues represent were in, in endemic. Get my words out this morning of Crystal Palace's defence on Saturday. Lunch yeah, well. absolutely, mate. Are you are you having a few troubles this morning? I've noticed that getting your words out. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I tell you what, it's certainly not um, uh, too much of the Christmas spirit yet. But uh, we're working towards it. Yes, mate. Yeah. So we had plenty, plenty going on over the weekend, then, and uh, well, the last three days. Um, we're gonna yeah. try. We're gonna try and get through this. We're gonna try and um, uh, look through the games as quick as we can, and um, and see how we get on with our predictions, mate. I mean, the first game up um, was on. Uh, where are we? What was the first game? You can tell it's one of them. It's one of their mornings, isn't it? I tell it you. Is one of those mornings. I think we should actually take a thirty-second break just to tell the viewers or the listeners, our audience, um, about a quiz question. We should. Uh, oh, go on then. You, wanna, you come up with one, did you? We want to put out there. Yeah, we want you to tell us. Okay, just as we get into the silly season, um, we want you to tell us which Premiership player, Premier League player, in the history of the Premier League has the most own goals. Okay, I think when I, you know, when I was a kid, me and my brothers received DVD. I think, or maybe even a video back then, uh, from our parents about the best bloopers. I think it was 101 own goals, 101 bloopers in football, and uh, that kept us well amused over the festive period back in 1990, wherever it was. And uh, that's our quiz question for you this morning. Yeah, that's quite Which player. That, yeah, go on. Yeah. So no, no, no. That's good. <laughs> The most own goals in front. Which player has the unwanted, unenviable record of scoring the most own goals in Premier League history? Answers, yeah, that... as always, to us on the hashtag. On a postcard. Yeah, no, no, no. That's quite. A, that's quite a famous question. Now let's see how many people have been paying attention and how many people give us the answer to that one. But as as I was going to say before, the old Gremlins took over again. Um, yeah. Uh, the first game of the weekend was obviously uh, Crystal Palace against Liverpool. Yeah. Uh, where do you start with that then? Eh? <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, I think my prediction was close, wasn't it? 
yeah, you predicted 2-2, uh, mate. So, yeah, you were close as in goals. I predicted 2-1 Liverpool. Um, so, I get a point there. You get zero. But, um, uh, well, I mean, I don't think anyone would have predicted 7-0. But I'm not quite sure what happened. I mean... Uh, Liverpool from minute one to minute 90 were just absolutely awesome, weren't they? They just ripped Crystal Palace apart. And I found it interesting that it was actually Gary Cahill's birthday as well. So that was quite a, quite a nice way to celebrate, weren't it? Not the greatest birthday present. I hope we'll get a Christmas present that's a little bit better than that one. But yeah, I mean, it was just, as you say, really, I mean, sometimes you just got to hold your hands up and say, when a team plays like that against you, and it felt like everything, and they could have scored more. You know, but it certainly felt like everything they every time they went forward, uh, you know, there was such a threat, and uh, you know, the, the school could have become a cricket school, um, as it was. You know, fantastic performance, and you know, we've been speaking about this on the show most days. You know, about the fact that Liverpool, the machine, is really, you know, it's starting to really kick into gear now, and uh, a bit of a sluggish start, which you can't understand that because, you know, such was the the, the football calendar this year for obvious reasons. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's taken some clubs um, quite a bit of time to really get going, but I think you can see that um, Crystal Palace were on the wrong end of. Yeah, I, um, could, I couldn't quite work out the game. I mean, it was well, I could work it out obviously that Liverpool were brilliant, but it was like it was almost like Palace just down tools after one or two goals. I mean, it was like I know it's probably not that simplistic, but they. It, it was almost like they thought, well, that's it. We can't get back into this now. And they just they thought, OK, well, let's see if we can stop them scoring. And, it, and it, it's just not possible against Liverpool. But So, obviously, Liverpool were fantastic. But it also seemed like Palace had, had the flip-flops on. You know what I mean? It was it was odd. It was, yeah. an odd. it was an odd game. Now, I know Liverpool were brilliant. And sometimes you can't do anything about that. But for yeah, Palace exactly. to give up like that, it's not sort of... It's not the sort of team that you, you normally say, oh, you know, Palace... Palace give up pretty easy. I mean, it's not, they weren't down to 10 men, you know what I mean? Anything like that. I mean, the goals were absolutely brilliant. I mean, the, some of the finishes were just fantastic, you know. I mean, sometimes well, you're you... not just a case of. I mean, if you, you know, for example, in a, in a game where you've got, say, 15 shots on target or 15 shots, uh, <laughs> 9 or 10 on target, if those 9 or 10 go in, then, you know, no, that's, absolutely. Another, that's another cricket score, yeah. or, you know. And, and I think it was a, a case of everything they hit. Went in. Yes, yeah, so, um, absolutely brilliant finishes, and I mean, what you know, we can't say a lot more other than Liverpool are now moving, pressing on, four points clear at the top, and uh, although uh, Man United have a game in hand, uh, so they could get within two points, but um, no. So once again, fantastic performance there. We and now we move on to um, St Mary's, where Southampton entertained Man City. We can't, we can't move on too quick after a comment like that you just made about. Put United in the same. Yeah, well, hold on. Well, we're not on United yet, so we're not. We're, we're not. But how, long, how many years has that been since we've been in the same? Yeah, no, no, we're not. On, we're not on United yet, so let's just leave it at well, that. Should we well, just well, leave well, it at that for a minute? Yeah. I'm gonna enjoy the moment anyway. <laughs> right. But here we go straight on to Saints and yeah. City. Right. Let's just have a look at the predictions here, mate. So I put Man City to win two-one. You put yeah. Uh, Man City to draw two-two. So oh, it's another point for me there, mate. There he goes, looking absolutely you know, flying. Fly, yeah, yeah. But it, as we said at the start, a point for uh, getting the correct result, but if you get the correct score, you get three points. So there's the big one. Um, so once again, I, I thought it was um, quite an even game. I didn't think um, Man City were that um, exciting to watch or anything. They got the job done. Obviously, a difficult place to go and win. 
Southampton created a few chances, not too much. I mean, it wasn't the greatest of matches, to be honest, but um, Man City got the job done and they needed them three points, I think. Yeah, they did. Yeah, massive result, really, for City, because as you say, it's not an easy place to go. Um, Southampton have been on a great run. And, uh, you know, it was an interesting game, this, um, but I just didn't feel like, um, you know, it was, it was sort of slipping away from City, really, after they got the first goal. Uh, I think they looked, you know, they they quite threatening as well. Um, and again, you know, ominous of these. Obviously, the the two main challenges last season are um, very much uh, starting to get into into their groove, so to speak. Well, you say um, that, but obviously, City just had two draws on the bounce, so that's what I'm saying. I mean, if they didn't win this one, then it would have been three games without a win. And I mean, I personally think that Liverpool are going to walk away with this if if it carries on as it's going, but. Excuse me. Um, I think this is that's why I'm saying it was such a big result for Man City and going to somewhere like Southampton where they have been in good form. Um, I just felt City needed to win this, and obviously I predicted the win for City, and that was it for me, really. It, you know, so they they deserved it, but it well, it wasn't a great game to watch. No, it wasn't. I think more than anything, really, just in terms of talking this one off, as, as you say, the two games that they've had um, didn't pick up great results, uh, and therefore. Going up against the Saints, I think that's why I predicted a draw because I thought Saints would get something from it, um, but it didn't turn out like that. And you know, as I say, uh, these are the type of games. Looking at the calendar, looking at the form guide, and the way that certain teams have been playing, Guardiola might have been a little bit worried about this one. But we'll be pleased to get it out of the way. And yeah, uh, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. So, um, so, so yeah, and then on to the well, on to Goodison, to you. on to Goodison. I, I, well. Yeah, I mean, I'm quite happy for me to take over with this one. I mean, no, it's fine. How are you feeling after this? Um, well, for some, I don't, I have no reason. I can't work out why, but I predicted Arsenal get a draw for some reason. Um, you predicted Everton three-one, so obviously you pick up the point there. Um, I don't know. I just had a little sneaky that Arsenal might pick something up, and to be honest, um, first half they weren't that great, although. Uh, they looked they looked okay in patches going forward. Second half they looked a lot better going forward. Arsenal, but I think that Everton were allowing Arsenal the ball and they weren't Arsenal weren't really damaging Everton too much. And um, it was a better performance from the second half. But I think when you're in a situation um, where the confidence is shot, you need something to go for you. Uh, obviously, there was an own goal. Uh, unlucky, you know. Like I said, when you're down there, it seems it seems as though that the luck just goes against you, doesn't it? I'm not blaming bad luck for Arsenal at all, you know. But in that situation where there's an own goal and Arsenal got back into the game, and you know, um, then Everton went in front again. It was um, it's just one of them things. And then obviously David Louise hits the crossbar or the post, you know, at one point that could have been two-two. It just doesn't seem to be anything dropping for them, and and then. As as that's going on, the heads are dropping further and further down. And um, yeah, I mean they got um, Chelsea coming up. Well, they've got a game tonight, obviously against Man City in the in the Carabao quarterfinal. But the uh, the game against Chelsea coming up, which we'll discuss <clears throat> on Friday, uh, is a big one. Um, and we've got tomorrow night just to to uh, let people know uh, we've got an Arsenal fan coming on actually um, to discuss what's going on. Uh, so that should be interesting. I know I know I'm an Arsenal fan myself, but um, it's always good to hear from um, fans of different clubs, and we're gonna we're gonna push forward with that going forward. I believe you've got a Newcastle fan lined up as well coming on to chat with us about his club. So absolutely, uh, yeah. we're we're gonna try and get through as 
get get fans on and get get people talking about their clubs in a bit more depth because obviously you being Manchester United, me being Arsenal, it's nice to it's nice to hear from other fans and you know talk about their clubs as well. So tomorrow night I'm looking forward to that one. I wouldn't say he's a disgruntled Arsenal fan. I think he's more of a um, a realistic Arsenal fan. So that'd be good. But anyway, yeah, a bad result. Good, great result for Everton. They'll be happy with it. They didn't really have to play too well to um, to win the game. But uh, what was your thoughts as a neutral watching it? Well, I felt like it certainly didn't lack spirit. I thought, you know, Arsenal, they weren't, I mean, you just mentioned then about, you know, previously about Palace and how it appeared to, to, that they were perhaps downing tools or, or you know, they were had the flip-flops on or the Christmas slippers. Um, I didn't really feel that, you know, with Arsenal, it was a case of that. I felt that, you know, there was there was a lot of heart, a lot of belief still. I know that Arteta spoke about that after the game. Um, but my my main feeling was that they just you know they, they lacked that quality in the in the last part of the pitch you know to, to finish off the chance I think there was a there was a chance late on as well where the ball flashed across the face of the goal but there was no one there yeah um, yeah you know, no you're and, right and I, and I think it's that it's that sort of um, that element of the, uh, of the of the of the performance which which is a concern and which will be a big concern because you know if you've got that belief I mean we always say that you know hard work and commitment that's that's a given and that should that shouldn't even be you know, an issue well true in this in this case but a club that have obviously got big ambitions or should have big ambitions um you know it's that quality isn't it and uh and yes it's good that he's he's, he's given the youngsters an opportunity uh, just but before be, sorry mate just before we move on i know we're gonna we're, we're trying to get through the games quite quickly before we move on I just, there was something i noticed in the game that was that was very very obvious between the Everton um, defence and the midfield, there was a gap all the time in there for a player to be in that space, yeah? And funnily enough, yeah. I, was, I was looking at it, I'm thinking, the referee is employing that space more than any Arsenal player, which is interesting because okay. there was no one there just yeah. linking that, that play together. And that Arsenal are desperate, I think, for an attacking midfield player, someone with a bit of creativity, you know, like you've, You've, you've got yourself, you've got um, Fernandes there and other clubs have got players who sit in that position and create. Arsenal haven't got anyone like that and they're desperately missing that. And I thought, uh, during that game, I thought he might give um, uh, Emil Smith-Rowe a little chance to see if he could pick up them pockets, but he didn't. But anyway, so we, we move on to um, uh, the, the game at St. James's Park, Newcastle against Fulham. Yep. Okay. Uh, a bit of a drab. You okay with the sound? Yes, mate. Yes, I'm just gonna say, just gonna say, you predicted a two-one Newcastle win. I predicted a two-one Fulham win. So neither of us got that right. Um, not, not even close. I mean, to be honest, yeah, it all comes down really to uh, um, a bit of a drab affair, really. Um, but having said that, you know, not a great point for either side. Probably better for for Newcastle. Fulham will be looking to, as I say, try and uh, kick on from the week that they had. They didn't. Um, They've only managed a point. Yeah, I mean, I felt, you know, obviously there was a sending off as well. I felt like it was one of those sort of games really where, um, you know, it's it's hard for some of these teams to... to we talked about it before, you and, you and I, about, you know, how difficult it is sometimes to get a win in this league. Um, and I felt like, you know, especially for, for, for Fulham, they must be thinking, oh, it's a real struggle, you know, they, and, and they've got uh, the confidence, the tails were up from, from, as I say, the week they've just had. Uh, I think they'd be disappointed not to have got more from this one. I've got to be honest. Uh, <clears throat> I've got to be honest. I watch. I watch this game, and um, 
the first half, I thought Fulham looked much the better side. To be honest, they look they look like more more of a threat going forward. Obviously, they they got in front. <clears throat> excuse me. They got in front, and, and I thought that they were going to win it. I thought my prediction was going to be right, but then the sending off came. That completely changed it. And for me, it's another poor sending off. Um, it's it's really poor again. I mean, Newcastle fans might disagree, uh, whatever, but. I understand that there was a tug of the shirt from um, Anderson on Wilson. For me, that was just outside the box. And by the time they'd got in the box, uh, Wilson almost reacted a few seconds late to fall over. And it was... I didn't... For me, I didn't like the decision. But um, that obviously changed the game. And Newcastle then started to get on top. And, um, yeah, so... What did you make of that sending off? Well, it's difficult, isn't it? I mean... It wasn't clear cut, um, but I just felt like uh, you know it was the decision that was made, and they just got to get on with it. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I appreciate that, but obviously I, I'm looking at these sending offs lately. And if you're <laughs> just in, out of interest, if you look at the sending offs this weekend, we've had one for West Brom, one for Sheffield United, and one for Fulham. So the bottom three all had a player sent off, and I think that uh I, I think they may be questionable all all three sending offs but anyway um i'd say that after get going down to 10 full and be happy with a point there newcastle not as not as happy they probably felt they should have gone on and, and won it but um yeah so i just but yeah i mean it's one of those games isn't it? i think you know especially at home home advantage um newcastle sort of languishing around you know mid table um uh, again not a not a not much of a dent for them, the, the result. But again, they'd be looking at a game like that, thinking if we can get three points here, we'll be, you know, improve our chance of safety already. Yeah, it's early in the season, um, but to, to continue climbing, you know, they've they're in a decent, comfortable position. But you know, as the season progresses, you know, there's every opportunity some of these teams can get sucked back in, you know, into that into that relegation trap. <laughs> Absolutely, um, yeah. And I think they'd have been looking at this as a result where, yeah, they'd have wanted more from it, but you know, chalk it off, move on. Absolutely, um, and we we move on to the Amex, mate, where um, Brighton oh, played boy. Sheffield United. Now I had um, I had Sheffield United to nick this one. I, had, I put two one Sheffield United. You put two one Brighton. So neither of us got it right. But um, I thought once again, like the Fulham game, I thought I was going to sneak this one until the sending off. Um, maybe I'm a bit cursed on these teams. I should stop predicting them because they keep getting sending offs when I'm. I'm getting on them. Um, Sheffield United. I thought I thought they defended really well. Um, they showed quite. They showed a lot of heart. And um, to get the goal when they'd gone down to ten men was a, was a boost. They just couldn't see it through. Could they? There was too much Brighton pressure at the end. And obviously Welbeck, Welbeck got the equaliser. And possibly Brighton could have won it in the end. So, uh, what do you think? Well, it was so so difficult um, for. Uh... For Sheffield United fans, you know, I mean, to, to be so close, and you know, to be getting, as I said, after the, the, the sending off of Lundstrom, uh, if I pronounced that correct, you know, the, there was it was going to be back to the wall, but you know, I thought I thought they were really positive Sheffield United, and they, and you know, and they and they deserved, they you could almost say they deserved the three points. I mean, the way that they fought such a long period with ten men, um, you know, they got the goal, uh, very decent goal. And uh, I thought David McGoldrick played very well again. And, you know, you just sort of, the longer this goes on, you know, they've got to just hang in there. Um, but I think the way things finished, I mean, Brighton could have actually won it in the last minute. 
Yeah, um, no, absolutely. Yeah, it could have been a lot worse. I mean, there was a there was a chance cleared off the line. Yep. And you know, at that point, you just think. I mean, it was a yeah, it was a great finish from Welbeck. You know, to level it up, so so cool in the box. Um, took it down on his chest so well, and you know, finished finished so convincingly. And of course, at that point, you start to think, you know, Sheffield's not going to get anything from the game. And I think when that ball looped over towards the uh, towards the goal line, great defensive clearance. Um, yeah, I mean that's a massive point, and you know, obviously credit to the to the to the to the defender for getting to getting that blocking. But you know, it's just one of those things, isn't it? It's just kind it of, is. They now find themselves they now find themselves ten points adrift after Burnley's <laughs> victory, don't they? So it's looking more and more bleak as we go on. But um, there you go. We move on to the next game, which was at. Um, uh, the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, Tottenham nil, Leicester two. I watched this one once again with um, a great interest, and I thought Leicester were absolutely fantastic in this game. They completely nullified um, what uh, Mourinho was doing, and for me, they bossed it from start to finish. I put down a Tottenham win, you put down a draw, so neither of us get a point there. Um, what did you make of it? I mean, I thought Leicester were fantastic, mate. Yeah, they were great. They were great. Great spirit. Um, you know, we talked about it during the week. Uh, you know, but in the preview show about the, the the impact, I mentioned the influence that that Johnny Evans would have coming back. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I felt like I felt like he was really solid. You yep, know, with Wesley Fofana at the back. You know, he's such a young lad for Fofana, but you know, he's, he's, he gets to play alongside uh, you know the old experienced head in, in Johnny Evans, and and it makes a difference. You could see that. I thought, you know, Leicester in general, they were well set up. Um, you know, well well organised as always. You know play good good football but of course you've got kind of two counter-attacking teams two you know counter-attacking managers uh, as well so it was interesting to see how this one would play out um, and of course it took until their injury time in the first half to to get the goal and fatty penalty it was of course um, and they just went on from strength to strength after uh, you know how much of a of a blow is this to, to Spurs and Mourinho I mean you know that's three games now it's one point from nine um, and it's like we were talking about yesterday on the show you know the, the league table looks very different um, to how it did a couple of weeks ago yes mate yeah I think and I, I picked up on a few Tottenham fans sort of saying well now we can forget about talking about the title and um, and we can um, concentrate on finishing in the top four you know I mean so it's almost like they'd been putting unnecessary pressure on themselves because of the run they'd been on but like you say one point out of the last uh, possible nine They'll be disappointed with that. But, I mean, for me, like I said at the start, I mean, Leicester were were very good. Uh, they deserved it. I mean, there was a lovely goal from James Madison that was um, that was disallowed. A beautiful finish that was disallowed. And that annoyed me as well because of the whole VAR situation. And we can, I think we need to do a, a bit more of a chat on that one, the VAR situation. Because for me, a goal like that being ruled out, brilliant first touch, brilliant finish. And... Um, for the sake of his shoulder being offside or something. It's just so annoying, so frustrating. But they went on to get the second goal, obviously, and um, thoroughly deserved their three points, you know? Yeah, I thought they were fantastic. And, uh, you know, they're, they're building up a real head of steam, um, good momentum. And, uh, you know, of course, they've got um, European distractions, which is, especially in the Europa League, you know, the Thursday to... I never quite see the, you know, the importance of the Thursday to Sunday thing because it's the same as a Wednesday to Saturday. Um, you know, in the Champions League, but you know they've got to go to these uh, far-reached places, um, long trips. But they've they've managed it really well, and, uh, and he's got some great he's got some great players at his disposal, Rogers. Um, 
So, you know, they'll be looking to to, to pick up and we'll continue that run and pick up some good points yeah. over the festive period, of course. Yeah, brilliant. Obviously, puts them in second place. And so now we move on to the team that are currently in third place. Um, a, re a fantastic performance from Manchester United at Old Trafford. Um, obviously, within within well, <laughs> within four minutes, that Leeds were two 0 down. Within twenty minutes, they were four 0 down. It was just well, it was a crazy game where Manchester United just obviously just went for the throat straight away, and um, Leeds yeah. defensively undone. And um, you always felt Leeds were going to get a goal or two back, but it, it's just the way they leave space and leave it open Man United just completely took advantage and obviously yeah. deserved their win you know so well you know he's come out already hasn't he he said to be else when he said uh, he won't change the way they play um, interesting to hear what Bamford said about you know after the game saying it was almost a bit like he was, it was a frustration in his comments that he kind of wished that they wouldn't always play like that uh, because you know he said you know the manager if we, if we do exactly what he wants then we'd win every game but of course um, you know the way he's got them set up there is doesn't appear to be a plan B, um, but you know they could be the most uh, exciting team to ever go down. You know. No, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, but you say. I, I mean, you say I that. You say that, but I, you, I mean, you look at look at Leeds, and we've said we've said it before, haven't we? That um, how they play, they're going to score goals, they're going to concede goals, and obviously the week before they they put five past Newcastle, so they're just going to be one of those teams that are just. They play, they're going to play that way, they're going to keep playing that way, and they're going to try and beat the teams around them playing that way. So I think, sure. you know, it's inevitable that they're going to have games like on Sunday where they where they got thumped, you know. It's inevitable, but it's just the way they play. So I just want to quickly mention before um, you carry on there, uh, you put uh, Man United to win 3-1. I put, I put a 2-2 draw. So... Um, I got the 2-2 right, but Man United sport it by scoring four more. So, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, another point for you there, mate. Carry on, sorry. Yeah, well, uh, is this my space where I can enjoy, uh, enjoy my team in the, in the limelight for a minute? Yeah, I'll, um, give you, I'll give you a minute and then I'm going to cut you off. Yeah, or less. Or less. Well, do you know what? I won't, I won't waste it um, you know, talking about uh, unnecessaries, but you know, just the way we started, is, as you say, look, Ollie. He said he gets criticised every single time. You know we even get a draw, and you know is he the man for the job? Blah blah blah. His tactics. He goes up against you know a guy who you know, is is a master tactician. Is some would call him a genius, uh, the crazy genius he's known as back what back in Argentina. And you know he, he knew exactly what he needed to do. Whether he expected to score three goals in eight minutes or whatever it was, I don't know what. I mean it was certainly two goals in I think Scott Montana minute. I think that was the quickest brace in Premier League history, I believe. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, it was, it was in four minutes or three minutes or something like that. Yeah, yeah fantastic goals. You know, I mean, yeah, actually, good finishes, uh, good finishes. They were, you know, and again, it's what we're talking about. We've we've been building up um, a good uh, a good rhythm, uh, like you know, the other top teams you mentioned, um, and yeah, defensively, I thought, you know, if we can just you know keep the door shut. But against this Leeds team, with our defence, I wouldn't have expected to keep the door shut the whole game. Um, and a fantastic strike, I think it was uh, by was Jack Harrison, maybe. Um, the uh, for the no, we got that Stuart Dallas, perhaps. Oh, Stuart Dallas, uh, wasn't it? Yeah. Top corner, brilliant. Strike. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, United goals are fantastic. The United, the, the sweeping attacking play was just, uh, was just mind blowing. Uh, and. Um, you know, good times, good times. Once so, again, uh, sorry to, I mean, you've had your minute there, so you've had over a minute. Um, yeah. Now, just a, just a quick one. I mean, at certain times, it reminded me of um, uh, the the Liverpool, the way Liverpool played against uh, Crystal Palace. United seemed 
uh, it looked very comfortable for them and, and they were able to play through Leeds quite easily and, and um, that, that must give you a lot of confidence moving forward to think that they've got a title challenge going on here. Well, yeah, like we mentioned earlier, didn't we? You know, that to be even mentioned in the same breath as uh, or se- uh, sentence is, uh, is, is, you know, is enough for the for now. I mean, you know, we've not been in the in the title talk for a few years, seriously. Um, you know, people talking about, you know, the problems with Oli a few weeks ago. Now, now look where we are. Look what, what we've done. Um, yeah, you know, all good. Long may it continue. You don't want to get too ahead of yourself. No, absolutely. Um, big you know, big game on Boxing Day coming up as well against Leicester. Away to Leicester. So yeah, we, massive. we better on move on. Better move on to the Hawthorns. Sorry, mate. I know I don't want to cut you no too much in your flow there, but we'll move on to the no Hawthorns, where Big Sam had his first game in charge, and it didn't start very well, did it? With Villa uh, going in front quite early, and then obviously the the sending off. Um, Villa went on to score two more. Um, what did you make of the West Brom sending off? That for me was a big big turning point in the game. I thought it was shocking. I thought it was absolutely shocking. I think, I mean, you look at it again, and I actually looked, I think I saw it four times. And I, the first time, it looked maybe a bit innocuous. I remember it wasn't a lot, lot to it perhaps. But then you actually look at the fact that I think he's lost he's lost possession um, in a challenge. And Grealish is then coming to play, taking the ball. And he, you actually look at it, and there's absolutely no intention to play the ball. You yeah, know, and you could look at that. You know, what, despite what, the you, despite the fact that he took the ball off him and, and won the ball, you know, in the challenge. In yeah, the challenge. yeah, absolutely. I mean, he came out of it with a ball. I mean, he, he didn't. Uh, yeah, obviously, it looked aggressive, and the way he the way he lunged, but he actually wrapped his foot around the ball, didn't touch the player, and came away with the ball. And I thought, okay, yeah, the, the, in this day and age, I guess because of the way they they do things, um, that the the tackle itself was a good tackle, you know. He didn't touch the player and he won the ball and came away with the ball. And I think that, for me, yes, it looked aggressive, but he done, he didn't even catch the player. So it was the intent, I think. It was the way it looked when you slow it down, etc. So go on, carry on, mate. Well, no, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm just looking at it again. I mean, it's, I almost when you when you're talking through it like that, I actually thought are we, are we talking about the same red card. And because uh, my first reaction was he's got the ball. Yep. Then you look at it again. I thought I'm seeing the wrong angle here because the, the the angle that I sort of focused on after um, just seemed to be like he knew that Grealish had gone over the ball and it just seemed to be a lunge at the at the ankle to stop him in his tracks. All right. Well, that's. I think that's how I look at that again because that seems to me. Well. Uh, while you're at it, while you're at it, can you have a look at the uh, the other tackle from the Aston Villa player, uh, Courtney House, yeah. I believe his name yeah. is. And I uh, thought that was just as bad. If if one's a red, the other one should be a red. I mean, he's he's. It looked just as dangerous to me if you're going to go on that criteria for sending off. Now I don't want to see anyone sent off. I, I only want to see players sent off if they deserve to be sent off. But um, no, no, you're right. You're right. I mean, I think uh, that's, you know, Allardyce made the point after the game about that. Um, and uh, absolutely, it's about consistency. That's what you want. Sometimes if the referee's going to get it wrong, he's going to get it wrong. But get it wrong for both sides. Absolutely. You know, you know, and I've got, I no, think, I've got this... no allegiance to West Brom or Aston Villa in this. You know, I'm no, just, no. You know so it's just a case of I just want to see fairness, a fair play. You know, So if you're sending off the first guy... You've got to send off the second guy for me, anyway. I mean, people yeah, yeah, people yeah. can disagree with me. That's I mean, that's football, isn't it? You know, everyone disagrees. Yeah. You know, but um, and I think well, I'm going to get Aston. 
hoping to get an Aston Villa fan on the show next week actually and and uh, been in touch with a few I mean obviously quite a few of have been posting on the Twitter feed and and uh, and I thought how the general consensus was that the Aston Villa fans feared the worst at that point thinking that House was going to get sent off yeah, as well yeah. um, when he when he didn't I think they felt you know they, they, they got away with one obviously Villa then went on, on to win the derby um, not the start that uh, that Allardyce won so I think he was looking for a bit more passion I don't know a bit more um, intent than than what he saw uh, from his players of course on one hand you could say that the, the I mean the, the red card was it was it controversial um, but I felt like uh, he felt a bit let down. I mean, it's obviously an incredible way to start your, your managerial career at a club with a derby like that. But, yeah. um, no, absolutely. Yeah, I think I, I agree. I think that I think the heads went down very easily, West Brom, and he'll be he'll have picked up on that, Sam, and he'll be getting right stuck into him because of that. Because one thing you can get, you're always going to get from a Sam Allardyce team is 100% effort, and you know their heads went down very easily. But a good win for Aston Villa. Another clean sheet for my boy Martinez. What a shocker, whatever team sold him. Um, yeah, so another good win for them, up to ninth place. West Brom now five points away from Brighton, so they're sort of falling off a little bit, but we'll see what Sam can do in the next game. Obviously, now we're on to... Um, oh, we didn't do the predictions for that, sorry, mate. Uh, West Brom... Uh, where are we? West Brom Villa. Uh, you put a Villa 1-0 win, and I put a draw. So, once again, you get the point there, mate. Look at this. He's on a roll. He's on a on roll. On an absolute roll. So we move on to Turf Christmas Moor. Roll. Turf Moor last night. Um, Turf Moor. Well, do you know what? Going into the weekend, as we mentioned yesterday, 28 goals over Saturday and Sunday. And you start to think, hopefully, that, you know, they won't dry up. Um, I didn't predict three, did we? I don't think any of it. I think either of us predicted three goals. No, we actually but we actually Burnley. both both went for a 1-0 Burnley win. So we both got... The winner, right? But um, both got the winner. Well, yeah. you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not surprised, but but about the fact that they did, uh, you know, our, our predictions were materialised like that because I just felt that they were, they were solid, they were organised, they were a threat going forward, they had chances, and um, I mean, I thought Josh Brown had a very good game, uh, and you know, he, he sent an absolute feasting drive uh, just before they got their second, I think Burnley. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and they looked confident. They, they, you know, they took the game. Uh, to Wolves and uh, as I say shortly after that strike um, Chris Woods similar similar not exactly the same finish as Danny Welbeck in that game but against Sheffield tonight but you know great great poaching in the box yeah. um, there, was, there was a knockdown and he, he didn't give the keeper a, a chance and, um, and then from there it was a question of you know what can Wolves get from the game they got the penalty rightly given uh, in my view um, well dispatched, you know, by the expensive teenager that we talked about in the yeah, show, in the previous yeah. show. Mm-hmm. Um, did well, yeah, but you know, fantastic, and uh, you know, it'd be really, really good to, you know, to, to get some, um, to, to, some insight on what's going on at Burnley because I think that I mean that's a massive, massive yeah, win. Yeah, it's, it's a great and, result. Um, I mean, they're now unbeaten in four, which, um, which is, you know, picked up eight points out of a possible twelve in the last games, and obviously. Yeah. With the fact that Ashley Barnes and Chris Wood both scored yesterday, that'll that'll give them a lot of heart. You know, if you get your two forwards scoring, uh, you know, regular, then like we yeah. spoke about the other day, if you haven't got forwards scoring, then you're not going to get out of trouble. And um, exactly. you know, this exactly. is what we mentioned it with Arsenal, we mentioned it with Sheffield United, we mentioned it with uh, West Brom, Fulham as well, Brighton. You know, they're all down there because their goal scorers ain't putting the ball in the net. And Burnley having their two centre forwards getting a goal each you know like I said that's going to be a, a big boost to them and um, obviously they're 
they're climbing now, you know, so put a little bit of space between them and the bottom three. Clear water, indeed, yeah. indeed. Well, I mean, it's interesting, you know, because, you know, Brighton, after that result uh, the weekend, I mean, we, we talked about it, you know, draw not really favouring either side at the Amex uh, on Sunday. And the reason I mention that is because they're, they're just sitting above Fulham, you know, just above the drop zone. And uh, we'll be looking over their shoulders. Burnley, great result last night. They look to try and continue that because, of course, they're in, on a great run of form, as you just mentioned. And then, of course, just above that, you've got Arsenal. Uh, you can't buy a win. Um, don't need to remind you of that. And, uh, and then, of course, we've got Leeds. And we said before, I mean, I don't think you or I fancy Leeds going down. I mean, they might lose 6-2, but they'll win enough 4-2, 4-1, even 5-1 games, I think, this season against teams, you know, who, who they'll, they'll just go for it and, and I think they'll get the rewards well so, that's going to be on um, sorry on uh, the 27th Leeds against Burnley that is going to be such a uh, interesting battle of uh, the styles of play that both of them two teams have so we'll talk about that on um, when we yeah, do our next yeah. show which uh, when will be that will be I'm not quite sure but anyway the final Can't game wait for that one. the final game we look at is obviously the final game of the uh, weekend's fixtures was Chelsea against West Ham, uh, you put a 2-1 West Ham victory, I put a 2-1 Chelsea victory, so I get the point there, mate, for a Chelsea win, which looked more, on paper, 3-0 looks more comfortable than it actually was, because I felt that West Ham had some um, good moments in the game, and I think they were very unlucky to have um, Declan Rice's goal uh, yeah, chalked off at 0-0. I mean, another brilliant finish, I hate it when finishes that are so good get chalked up I really do yeah, you get yeah. <laughs> because it was a beautiful finish by Declan Rice but Chelsea yeah. got got in front with that um, Thiago Silva header and then uh, towards Fantastic the end header. yeah brilliant header yeah not very good defending from West Ham there which was unusual because they, they've been pretty solid at the back but um, uh, and then two late goals from Tammy Abraham 3-0 Chelsea they needed that Chelsea I said that to you the other day that they needed it. I'm not saying West Ham didn't, but the pressure was on Chelsea more than West Ham. And obviously they've come out of it with the three points, puts them back up into fifth place. What did you make of it? Well, it's as you just mentioned, you know, it's like turning points and minor details. And although 3 0, you know, sounds comfortable and, uh, you know, exactly what, you know, Lampard on, on paper, in theory, would, would have been looking for to sort of, you know, uh, calm the critics. But. As you say, West Ham were in the game and uh, and the goal was chalked off by Declan Rice. Shortly after Chelsea's first goal, um, West Ham had a very, very good opportunity on the on the, on the the left side of the penalty area. Flashed across the face. The goal could have gone in. Um, 1-1 changes the game. I didn't think they were out of it. Um, but then, you know, in the second half, Chelsea had a, started to sort of take more control. Um, had a lot of chances and, you know, it could have been more than three. Um could have been both sides could have could have scored goals last night and I think uh, it was again again made me think Timo Werner when or if things are going to change or, or yeah because you know he's, he's, clear, he's getting himself into the positions he's definitely useful to the team which Chelsea already got one of those sort of players in Giroud but you know you just think the number of chances that he's squandering yeah and uh, and you wonder how important that is or how significant that will be um, fortunately, when he's squandering the chances, Tammy Abraham is uh, is, is doing the opposite. Um, I've got to say though, Werner, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. The goal, the the, the pass for Tammy Abraham's first goal, um, if that was meant, and we'll assume it was, was was 
marvelous, majestic. Yeah, yeah. You know, the, the, the sort of the weight of that pass and the way that he, you know, he, he fought the defenders to get that um, through to Aram was 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 marvelous. And and we'll sort of assume he meant it. Um, yeah, I think he's he's one of them players. He looks like one of them players that all right, if he squanders some chances, he you know he will squander some chances. But he is still he's keeping his head up. He's working so hard for the team, and he's he's um he's still creating chances for others. So I mean, even if he's not do um putting the chances away himself, he's still working really hard in that team. And I think he's a an important player for them. You know, regardless of whether he's banging the goals week in yeah. week out or not. Yeah. You know. Sure. Sure. No, that's true. I mean, as you know, they're winning games, and I think the problem will be if he misses too many chances and 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 the, the team aren't scoring, then it might become a little bit more significant and uh, and relevant. But uh, yeah, good player, and then like I said, uh, as a striker, at that kind of money, you're expecting um, probably a bigger return. But you know, yeah. Chelsea fans are interested to know what your view is on him. Yeah. Um, as we mentioned. So, yeah, cracking, cracking match day 14 of the Premier League. So much to uh, to, to enjoy there. And, um, you know, th- as I say, 34 goals, uh, some some fantastic clashes. Highlight of the weekend, you'd have to say Liverpool. Um, but then, you know, United nearly hit seven themselves. Um, and, uh, yeah, as, as I say, th- there's no Premier League programme this side of Christmas now. Obviously, we resume on Boxing Day. Um, tonight, we get... Uh, we get the Carabao Cup offering to uh, to replace the midweek prem action. Hmm. Um, your your boys in action against uh, City. Yeah, they are. Well, um, we'll, we'll yeah, I'm not holding much hope out, but we'll we'll discuss that a little bit in tomorrow's show when um, Hugh comes on. Um, but obviously, cup run changes things. <laughs> obviously, um, lots of games coming between now and early January, so uh, we'll we'll leave it at that for now, mate, and. Um, just to say uh, happy Christmas to anyone who's listening. Merry Christmas to you and your family. Very happy uh, Christmas to you all. And uh, we'll catch you on Boxing Day for the next review show. Indeed, indeed. Can't wait for that. A very, very Merry Christmas to all our listeners. And uh, have a great one. Okay. We'll see you Saturday. I'll speak to you later, mate. Take care. Merry Christmas. Christmas Eve in the drunk tank an old man said to me won't see another one and then I sang a song the rare old mountain dew I turned my face away Dreamed about you God, I'm the lucky one Came in 18 to 1 I've got a feeling This year's for me and you So happy Christmas I love you, baby I can see a better time When all our dreams come true
Christmas Eve. You promised me Broadway was waiting for me. You were handsome. You were pretty queen of New York City. When, when the band, band finished playing, they held out for more. Sinatra was swinging, all the drums they were singing. We kissed on the corner, then danced through the night. The boys of the NYPD choir were singing, go away, play. And the bells were ringing out for Christmas Day. Christmas Day. 